Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. If you're a regular listener, then today's Thursday episode is going to be a little different than normal. Usually on Thursdays, I have a guest with us, but I figured I would take um, a Thursday episode because this one's probably going to be a little bit longer than what I would want to put out on a, on a Monday and talk about something that's had a huge impact on my life. And if you've been following me or listening to me for any period of time, you probably know that Traction, um, a book that was written by Gino Wickman, has had a huge impact on my life and my business and the way that I just think about life in general. And so, you know, I get a lot of questions. Um, I get a lot of requests for people to um, schedule time to talk about traction. And so I figured that I would, um, again, take a Thursday episode so that, you know, I could just answer all your questions here and hopefully, um, you know, even on the YouTube channel, which by the way, uh, we're going to get more active on YouTube. And so if you're not listening or subscribed on the YouTube channel, um, just go over there. It's under Michael Ayala on YouTube. You can just search it. Um, you can also search investing for freedom. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button over there if you like listening on YouTube or following there. But um, anyway, I, like I said, I thought I'd just take the time and, and really just talk about traction, the impact it's had, what is traction, what is EOS. Um, and for those of you that are versed in EOS or have already read the book or whatever, don't shut me off yet because um, you know, I was that guy that said I read the book probably, I don't know, six, seven years ago. I don't even know for sure what the timeline was, but the book in itself is a little bit challenging um, to implement the systems processes and everything else without understanding the whole ecosystem. So if you've read the book or you're conceptually familiar with it, that doesn't mean you should shut me off. And actually, even if you're implementing EOS in your business, you probably should continue to listen because, um, you know, I think another perspective is always valuable. And, you know, I've said this for a long time, but if I had had traction 20 years ago um, in my first business, uh, which I started in 2004 with a partner, I would probably be 10x, maybe 20x, maybe 100x where I am today because it just makes it so simple. And my original business partner and I, uh, I, I'm a visionary, which I found out over time, and he's actually a very strong integrator. I don't know if he even knows that. Um, but some of the challenges, and I don't want to dive too far into this right now, but some of the challenges with um, us as individuals, especially the, the visionary integrator relationship, is we don't understand each other. And what makes us so valuable for each other is also what could make us detrimental to one another because we step on each other. And by the way, that whole dynamic also flows through the entire organization. We'll get into this, but right people, right seats. Um, so this is not a deep dive necessarily on the um, you know intricacies of EOS. This is more of Mike's um, high level perspective, and why I believe that almost every business, um, you know, I, I think they, I think EOS says that you know this is really for people that have like ten to two hundred and fifty employees, or you know maybe to two hundred fifty million in revenue. I don't. I'm not going to get. Uh, specific on that because I don't know the actual answer, but it's not for every business, I guess, is the bottom line. But it's for that, you know, small to, to mid-tier business. Um, and then, you know, I think once you get past a certain level, then they say it's no longer for us. But there's some uh, methodologies in traction and, and some understanding that's a little bit different and it really kind of pulls it together. But as I said, if I had had traction 20 years ago, I'd be 10x, 100x, I don't even know 
uh, further along than what I am. So um, yeah, if you've got any interest in, in Traction EOS, keep listening. If you don't know what it is, keep listening. Um, I, I, think you're gonna, I think you're gonna enjoy this. So as I said in my first business, if my partner and I had understood um, Traction EOS and really the, the visionary integrator relationship, we probably would have done a lot better even as business partners. And um, we actually, our business thrived. We, we excelled. Um, we were on the Inc. fastest growing companies in America in 2009. I mean, every year was like double digit growth for the first, you know, years of our business. I ended up exiting in 2010. My partner bought me out. Um, had we had EOS and traction and had we understood each other better and what our giftings and strengths were, we probably would have done even better. Um, we did well in spite of ourselves, but you know, the visionary has a very specific role in the organization and the integrator has a very specific role. So um, let's get into it. So what is the overview? Um, first off, what I would say is if you have no familiarity with traction, you probably should get the book at some point in time, um, dig into it a little bit. Um, now, I, I guess I wanna throw this out there to begin with, there's multiple ways to implement EOS and I'll dive a little bit deeper into this, um, but you can basically you know, read the book, try to figure it out, which is super challenging, especially if you're a visionary. Um, even for the, the integrator, he would probably, or she would probably understand better how, uh, not even understand, but really be able to execute on reading the book and then, you know, starting to implement the processes. But, um, you know, I read the book multiple times and I couldn't ever really get it fully implemented in the organization. So then we went to self-implementing, which I'll talk about, you know, the best ways to do that um, and implement that process. And then, you know, ultimately what we ended up doing was hiring an implementer, which um, the person that we used as an implementer has, you know, she's, she's worked in multiple businesses. I know a lot of you, you know, have seen the episode of uh, me and my business partner or a couple episodes with me and Ken McElroy. Um, we actually got introduced to our implementer through Ken McElroy and they use um, Jessica as her name. They use Jessica in uh, MC companies, which is a big, uh, you know, if you're familiar with the multifamily space, Kenny's got a huge company and they use EOS. And, um, I know a couple other people that Jessica has worked with, um, that have exited businesses, multi-million dollar exits, um, people that are currently her clients that have scaled their business 10 X. Um, so yeah, again, there's multiple ways you can read the book and just try to figure it out. You could self-implement or you can use an implementer, as I said, like Jessica, I'll tell you information later um, toward the end of the show how to get in touch with me, number one, so that I can you know, give you some tools and assist if you need that through the process. And ultimately, if you want a, um, a connection to Jessica, um, we'll talk about that later, how to get in touch with her. Um, I've referred her to you know, quite a few clients and they're all pretty happy. So um, this is, uh, traction is definitely something that if you're, if you're struggling in your business and you don't have some kind of you know, internal operating system, which is really what EOS stands for, um, it, it's, it's detrimental if you do not have that. So you really need to uh, dig in. So you could read the book. Um, a couple other books that I recommend that are in the same line. Rocket Fuel is a great book. It really helped me pull together. Traction is kind of like the intricacies. How do we do this? What is it? The methodology, which I'm going to talk about some of that. But then Rocket Fuel really talks about what is the difference between the visionary and the integrator? What is the visionary integrator relationship? Um, great book. And then, you know, really the thing that pulled it together for me, honestly, was Get a Grip, which is a story form. It's a parable uh, novel type book of a company that is struggling and they get introduced to the EOS process. And it talks about, you know, the ins and outs of how they implement it, 
uh, the dynamics between the team, the dynamics between the visionary integrator and then the core team members. So I really like to get a grip because, um, you know, I learn through reading, but more so like I'm an auditory learner. And, um, you know, when I hear stories like that, that's why I'm such a fan of like Patrick Lencioni, um, you know, five dysfunctions of a team, those types of books, because they take you through story form and you get to see the real world application while you're understanding the principle. So get a grip is by far probably one of uh, my favorite books. Um, if I was going to read this in order, I would say read, um, get a grip, rocket fuel, then traction, unless you're really in a hurry, um, maybe pick up traction and hire an implementer. Like that would be the fastest way to implement this actually. Um, and really, if you hired an implementer, you wouldn't even need to read traction because they just kind of walk you through the steps. Um, but if you're a visionary, you're probably like wanting to understand the whole step. And so that's why I talk about the tools. Now, here's something that's pretty interesting. EOS um, on their website has a link to a site called Basecamp. Now, every time I mention Basecamp, people say, yeah, I'm familiar with Basecamp. But what they're talking about is the property management software. That's not what this is. Basecamp is a product on the EOS website that is for people who want to self-implement. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about this. Actually, I'll, I'll just dig into it right now. So we decided um, to self-implement, which we did for seven months, and I was the implementer. So I found Basecamp, and I think it's $700 a month or something now. It, it was $497 when we were doing it. If you're going to self-implement, which I actually don't recommend, um, if I could give you my you know, diehard advice, I would say, um, if you can't afford an implementer, then go ahead and self-implement. That's better than, than nothing. But like I said, we, we did that for seven months and I was the implementer. And so what Basecamp is, it's a set of tools on the backside and it's really powerful in the sense that it tells you, um, it gives you an agenda and it gives you a video as if you were the implementer, like how you would run the meeting. And, and again, you get the agenda, plus you get the video of basically how the implementer would run it and and what meetings to have when and how you should you know designate that all out with your team so if you're going to self-implement um definitely pay the 700 dollars a month or whatever that number is to get um base camp and the tools because literally you can print out all the tools you can print your agenda you can bring the binders you can order the binders actually for your team it gives you everything you need to do to self-implement now here's the downside in my opinion to self-implementing um, and we'll get into the logistics of this a little bit more, but when you self-implement, um, there's a lot of things in the EOS world. Uh, one, one of the sayings that uh, is always talked about is anything said more than once is politicking because you know we, we get on our little soapboxes and things we wanna have as outcomes. And plus in the EOS world, you know we're doing a lot of live evaluation and it's really not about personal feelings and it's not about you know the politics or any of that kind of stuff. It's about bettering the organization. And if you're the implementer, but you're also a visionary or an integrator in the organization, trust me from experience, we did it for seven months and it's better than nothing, but it got to a point where I could no longer be objective about my role, my position, my challenges. Um, it's really hard for people on your team to hold you accountable if you're the one running the meeting, because you know what I think Russ Gray said this years ago, but he who has the the attention of the room or he who's in the front of the room kind of controls the room. Well, when you bring that dynamic into self-implementing, you have to just be really careful. Um, you know, as a side note though, I know a entrepreneur who I met him through strategic coach. I coached with uh, Dan Sullivan and strategic coach for a couple of years. And there was an entrepreneur in there 
And his only role in the organization was implementing EOS. He was the EOS implementer. He had grown to a point where as the visionary of the organization, um, he had multiple stores. And so at each store, there was essentially, you know, a, an integrator or a general manager or whatever. Uh, but then he would go around and do, um, he would be the implementer for the organization, but he didn't have a specific role in that localized team. And so I think you just have to be really careful about being objective. So we did that for seven months. Um, it, it was a great methodology. It was a great way to start. We did get to a certain point, but then, you know, after I think I was golfing with Kenny, no, we were actually at a dinner with Ken McElroy and we were talking about this and he's like, dude, you guys, you know, you need to hire an implementer. And so he connected us with Jessica and that was a game changer. Was that seven months lost time? I wouldn't say it was lost time, but we basically had to go, we didn't have to go back to square one, although um, Jessica was flexible with us and she helped us adapt through it. But the reality is, depending on where your team has gotten, um, we did have to regroup and we had to go back over some things, um, you know, even some of the core, like basic things, the values and and there's some things in there, gets it, wants it, capacity to do it, different things like that. Um, so we did have to, we had to rework a lot of stuff. So if you're serious about this, go straight to the implementer. Um, I'm gonna jump into real quick, just kind of like the overview of um, you know EOS, what is it? Um, it stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Um, and it's just a, it helps you implement like a certain set of processes in your organization. And so here's one of the things that they talk about a lot, the five key business challenges. Um, oh, and actually here's the thing. It's, it's ideal for small to mid-sized businesses with two to $50 million in revenue and 10 to 250 employees. So I was pretty spot on other than, I think I said 250 million in revenue. Um, this is the thing that EOS says that it addresses the five biggest frustrations that any entrepreneurial leadership team will face. And I think this is true for almost any organization that isn't matured and doesn't have some kind of standard operating system like EOS. So lack of control, your business is running your life rather than the other way around. What's interesting as business owners, the entire reason as entrepreneurs, the whole reason that we got into business was to earn our freedom. And what ends up happening a lot of times, and you're listening to the Investing for Freedom podcast, so you know this probably resonates with you somehow to some degree. What ends up happening is we have lack of control. And as they said, your business is running your life rather than the other way around. Why did we sign up for this? Why did we become business owners? Why did we become investors? Because we wanted some form of freedom. And you know, there's that old saying that entrepreneurs are the only people that are crazy enough to trade a 40-hour work week to work 110 hours and call that freedom, right? So the second thing is lack of alignment between you and your people. So it could be customers, vendors, partners, employees, vision, goals, all of that. And EOS really helps us bring that into one place so that we're all on the same page as to what we're here for, what are we doing? Um, not enough profits. That's a big problem in business, you know, the old statistic, and this is why I'm such a big proponent of buying businesses. Um, you know, most businesses go out of, though I think one of the biggest problems with startups is they're underfunded and it takes longer than we would ever think to really figure out what our niche is and go through this process. If I was gonna start a business today, which actually I've started a couple in the last you know, couple months and um, you know, I'm already implementing traction tools with the team. I, I'm aligning um, with five other partners in an e-com business and one of the things that I set out the gate is, look, we're gonna implement traction because there's already five of us at the table and we really need to get organized around you know, right people, right seats, RPRS, is a, you know, it's an EOS term. Um, but if I was going to start a business, this is what I was really getting at. I would start it off on EOS and, um, 
this really helps us on that term of not enough profits. Like that's the reason why most businesses fail. Um, sorry about the noise in the background. There's a guy cleaning the window here at the hotel. Um, we're just going to push through it. Uh, not enough profits. That's the main reason why businesses fail. Well, this helps us all to get on one page and really get our quarterly rocks. What's everybody responsible for? It eliminates a lot of the unknown. So hitting a growth ceiling, this is a big terminology that we talk about in EOS, but um, I, I coached with a company back in the day and they would call it walls. Like every business, every industry has certain levels where we have certain walls that we hit because in order to go to the next level of revenue or profitability or whatever, we have to make structural changes in the organization. And so EOS calls it hitting a ceiling. And the only way to break through that ceiling is to regroup, see what's stopping us. And it could be people, it could be processes, it could be capital, it could be any of that. And so we're constantly hitting a ceiling. Um, lack of sound strategies, tactics, um, nothing seems to be working. We're hitting our head against a wall where there's no real internal system to track productivity, who's responsible for what, um, accountability. Maybe we're not even aligned around our core values or what we're really trying to accomplish. If you asked 10 different people in your organization, like what's our big you know, two or three or four things that we need to accomplish in the next 12 months, a lot of times they'll give you different answers. So. Um, there's basically an EOS, and I don't want to go too in the weeds on this, but there's there's four mindset shifts that happen in EOS. So um, number one, don't do everything yourself. Build a real leadership team. And again, as entrepreneurs, you know, we started this business in order to have our freedom. And the reality is um, a lot of times we don't know how, uh, and it could be an issue of capital, but a lot of times we don't know how to build a real leadership team. And so we end up bootstrapping everything and we end up trying to do everything ourselves. I actually heard um, James Wedmore uh, say something the other day that was just mind blowing. He said that every time we switch like projects um, or we move to different roles in our organization, and one of the things with EOS, we talk about the accountability chart a lot. And so if you've got an accountability chart, which I'll get into this in a minute, it's basically an org chart, but they call it an accountability chart, which makes a lot of sense because who's responsible for what? If you really look at an accountability chart, especially as a young business, and you've got like seven key positions, and you're filling four or five of those, James Wedmore made the comment that every time you switch between those roles, you lose 10 to 15% efficiency and productivity. So if throughout the day, you're switching from marketing to sales to, you know, the idea visionary guy, and you're, you know, doing your own accounting and all this stuff. One of the things that I talk about a lot, and I'll just interject this here, as real estate investors or investors in general, we're really good at taking, you know, 50 grand or a hundred grand. And I always use that number because we only deal with accredited investors. So we're really good at taking a hundred grand and then analyzing, okay, if I put this hundred grand into uh, Mike's mobile home park fund and it produces eight, 10, 12% or, you know, a 17 to 20% IRR over time, um, the, here's my return on investment. But what we're not good at as entrepreneurs is saying, okay, you know what, if I'm doing X, because you know, every time we say yes to one thing, we're saying no to something else. So if I'm doing the marketing, which I'm not very good at, and it's taking away from me and my vision or my you know, big relationships with clients, vendors, um, you know, future prospects for you know, partnerships, whatever, and I'm, I'm doing the marketing instead of that, number one, when I say yes to marketing, I'm saying no to relationship building but also I'm not very good at marketing. And so if I just, you know, outsourced it and paid, you know, 25 grand a year, or by the way, $2,000 a month, and I figure out how to turn that $2,000 a month into $4,000 of additional revenue. And maybe that's through, you know, I'm able to meet with five more clients a week, or maybe that's literally through they're doing a better job than me. So I'm getting more leads, which means I'm closing more leads or I'm getting better leads. 
So maybe I'm even getting less leads, but they're better leads. Um, that's a great ROI. So I invested 2000, I got 4000 back. We don't think that way. So don't do everything yourself, build a real leadership team. We have to punch through those growth ceilings. That's another mindset shift. Um, that's through simplifying, delegating, foreseeing issues, building systems, sound structure. Um, integrate your, this is number three, integrate your business into one operating system because a lot of times, you know, especially if you've got a young entrepreneurial organization uh, or, you know, multiple partners, uh, like maybe your partners read the one thing and maybe scaling up and maybe another one's read E-Myth. And so you're trying to integrate all these different concepts and ideas and the entire organization has to be on one operating system. And number four, be open-minded and willing to face your vulnerabilities. This is one of the reasons why I was saying, I don't think it's a great idea to self-implement because um, we can't be fully subjective with ourselves when we're in the strategy and planning, whether it's the quarterly meeting, um, planning meeting, whatever. So um, there's six core processes of the entrepreneurial operating system. I'm not gonna get into these right now because it's just too deep, but vision, um, data, process, traction, issues, and people. And in the center of that is your business. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel and come up with your own methodology, vision, data, process, traction, issues, people. Um, when you really get into the EOS process, it will um, help you kind of sort through all that. So, um, you know, I'm going to just touch on the high level, you know, vision is de developing um, and communicating a strong vision. So we have to take the time to really develop it. What are our core values? Three to seven key values, which by the way, as you really get these values narrowed down, this is not a painting to hang on the wall to tell everybody how amazing we are. We literally get to a point where we hire and fire based off of these values. And I used to think that values, you know, core values, mission work, that kind of stuff was foo-foo. But the reality is when you simplify this and you get it implemented in the entire EOS process and it rules your organization, it's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. So what's your core focus? Like, what are we really here for? Um, Jim Collins calls it the hedgehog concept. And this was huge for me when I started my plumbing and heating company back in the day. Like I told you that, you know, we double digit growth and we grew to over hundred employees in 2009, fastest growing companies in America list. Good to great. The book by Jim Collins was really big for me. And especially that chapter, the, the hedgehog concept, because the hedgehog concept is essentially like what, what's going to differentiate you from everybody else? Like what's the one thing um, that is your hedgehog concept. And for me, I used to tell my service techs this all the time. It was, uh, it was showing up. Like it was providing the best customer service experience ever because most people are frustrated with their service providers. They don't show up. Um, you know, people don't respond. And I would tell literally, I would created a dispatch process where we would answer the phone. I, I literally, if my accounting team in the back office, if they heard the phone ring more than three times, it was everyone's responsibility to pick up the phone. So there was literally like a triage order. So obviously dispatchers, um, then coordinators from different apartments, but, or depart, departments, I said apartments. Um, but it was everyone's responsibility. So if the phone rang more than three times, somebody picked it up. And then worst case scenario, this is literally worst case scenario, we had a call center. So at five rings, it would convert to a call center because we didn't want to miss those calls. So my hedgehog concept was answer the phone, book the call, show up and get the job done before our competitors even return the phone call. Cause that was the industry that we were working in at that point in time. So the hedgehog concept for me, and this sounds crazy was just provided a great customer service experience really because contractors are not very good at that. Um, what's our 10 year goal? What's our marketing strategy? We define our three year vision and this goes from high level to low or like to today. What's our one year plan? 
what's our quarterly rocks and what are the issues list? I'm gonna camp on this for a minute because I think it's extremely important. Um, when it comes to the quarterly rocks, super important. And there's a process behind this, and this is why I recommend an implementer, but you basically get in a room and uh, you, know, you, you throw all the things up there that could be potential rocks. Um, and it's funny because uh, the first time we did this, even after I had self-implemented for seven months, I think we had like 72 potential rocks on the board. And the reality is um, every single person on, the, person on the leadership team and then this flows down through your organization should have like one to three rocks. These are big things that you got to accomplish and we're overachievers. So we always say, you know what, I'm going to have these 12 things that I'm going to do this quarter. And then we end up not accomplishing anything, even back to what James Wedmore said, even if it's not switching roles, but you've got too many projects that you're working on, you're not efficient and you can't get that all done. So EOS and your implementer is really going to push for you to, this is another reason to bring an implementer in because they're really going to push for you to simplify and, and be realistic about your goals. Because when they get, when we get together next quarter and you haven't achieved it, um, it's, we're accountable to each other. And so if I'm the implementer, but I'm also not getting my um, rocks done and there's no accountability, we're actually like, we're undermining the whole process. And so another reason why I recommend an implementer. Uh, so the quarterly rocks are super important. We come away with, you know, things that we need to work on through the quarter. And then there's some strategic goals under that. But here's where it gets really interesting. So what are the issues list? And there's this, um, there's kind of like this underlying mindset where we want our issues list to be small, but the reality is when you have a centralized place, and this is probably a good time to talk about this, um, you can do all this on paper or you know, kind of create an old school tracking system, but there's multiple um, uh, online platforms, SaaS systems. We use traction tools at tractiontools.com. This basically is a software system that brings everything into one place. And so you're gonna have a weekly L10 meeting um, what's great about that is there's a certain flow and process that you do in the L10 meeting. And again, you could do that by paper, but somebody's taking notes, somebody's doing follow-ups. Well, if you buy the traction tools, I think it's $120 a month or something. Um, everybody gets a user. We're all in the same account and anything that basically is an issue goes on the issues list. And this is probably one of the most powerful parts of EOS. When you've got a big issues list and you're having your weekly L10s, leader, leadership level 10 meeting, um, L10 stands for level 10. Um, and by the way, different parts of your organization, as you get this implemented at the upper level, then you run it down through the organization. But there's, there's two parts of this really. An issues list is something that we're going to accomplish in the next like 90 days. And then everything else goes on the VTO, the vision tracker organizer, um, for longer. So then that way we're just paying attention to things that we need to deal with right now. And let's say there's a hundred things on your issues list. And by the way, this is great because we're all thinking of all the things that we need to fix. And, you know, maybe you've got a department, somebody that's running finance and they're constantly hitting a wall with operations. And so they can't get something off their list. Well, they just throw it on the traction uh, tools on the issues list in traction tools. And then when we're in our L10 meeting, it's there for all of us to see and the way that L10 works, because again, you could have 100 or 200 or 300 issues on your issues list. When we get to that part, which is the meat of the meeting, like 60 minutes, um, the team agrees on the top three. So if this was all on paper or a spreadsheet or whatever, it gets cumbersome. But again, that's why we use traction tools. There's a couple other ones too, like um, 90.io, I think. Um, but with traction tools, the issues list are there. And as a leadership team, even if you're not using traction tools, you have to agree on the top three one, two, three, in that order. We might only get through that first issue, 
But a lot of times, you know, as the team gets better and more efficient at the L10 meetings, you'll get through 19 issues, even though you got 300, but we get to prioritize what are the pressing issues. And what's nice too about, um, you know, using a software like traction tools. So if, if operations has their own L10 meeting and in, in the main L10 meeting with the core leadership, um, if something gets delegated, so let's just say that the operations person is like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to delegate this to Lori over in my operations department. You can literally move it over to a different L10 meeting, but then it stays in your L10 meeting to circle back and track it. So it's super efficient. Um, but the real core of EOS is, you know, obviously the planning and getting the vision and everything else done, but then bringing it down to the weekly L10 meetings, world changer, game changer for your organization. Um, obviously you have to communicate the vision. Um, this is important, right? People in the right seats. Um, you know, Jim Collins talked a lot about this too in good to great, but really this is powerful because as we start working through this process and it doesn't happen overnight, but we really start to develop the accountability chart. What are the future positions that we need? And then we start determining, do we have the right people in the right seats? And it's through a process, which I'm not, again, going to go into the weeds on this, but it's called GWC, gets it, wants it, and capacity to do it. Do they get the job? Do they want the job? And do they have the capacity to do it? Because you could have somebody that gets the job, they understand it conceptually, and they really want to do it, but they don't have the capacity to do it. And that doesn't mean they're a bad player. We might just need to put them in a different role. But if they don't get the job or they don't want the job, we also have to ask the question, and this is on the value side. So we rate everybody with values and it's a plus, a plus minus or a minus. And you kind of determine what areas of the values, how many can they, you know, be plus minus on and that kind of stuff. So you set that as an organization. But again, that's why you should have an implementer help you through this process because the faster, and I don't mean fast in terms of, um, cause you can only do so many meetings, you know, a week and a quarter, and there is a cadence and a process to it. But the faster you can get through this and nail it, because again, we did it for seven months, but then we had to revisit stuff. So the faster you can nail it, the better for everyone. So, um, yeah, I'm going to skip that. Build a solutions oriented environment. Um, process is all about systemizing, um, systemizing the way of doing business. Um, traction is bringing the vision to life. So it's like pulling it all together, getting everything going. Um, let me jump over here too this. So I've touched on this a little bit, but the visionary and integrator, um, and again, read rocket fuel, but that's probably like one of, when we talk about the accountability chart, which you're going to, you're, you're, this is one of the first things that you're going to work on. It's more vision, like what seats actually exist in the organization, what's needed. And there's typically a visionary in a business at the top and then an integrator. And, you know, sometimes, um, an, a business can have an integrator as the entrepreneur that's not a visionary. That, that happens, and that's fine. Um, but a lot of times the challenges that we have in businesses are the opposite. We have a visionary with no integrator. And I hear this all the time, probably because I run in you know, higher-performing you know, mastermind groups and like groups like GoBundance and that kind of stuff. But a lot of times there's a visionary, and, and he or she is stuck because she can't find an integrator. Um, the integrator is like the linchpin to the organization. Um, and again, I'm not going to go too deep in this because you should just read, get a grip or listen to it. There's an entire chapter. I think it's chapter five or six that talks about the visionary specifically. And then the integrator, there's two chapters actually, and, and then how they work together. And there's a stat in there and I'm probably going to slaughter this, but there's only, there's literally only enough. An integrator is like a really challenging position slash profile slash person to find. Um, and so, there's 
there's only enough like integrators for like 25% of the visionaries. So the faster you can understand and, and, and realize that you're a visionary or that you're an integrator and find your role, the better off the world's going to be. Um, and I won't, again, I won't go into the weeds on, you know, why that is, but, um, if I have 10 conversations with visionaries, they're all looking for an integrator and an integrator is like, kind of like a, it's kind of like a unicorn. It's this elusive personality type that has found themselves. Cause a lot of times, you know, you can have integrators, but they don't really understand it. They don't know what it means. They're not versed in the process. And so to find a true integrator for a visionary is very, very challenging. And so if you feel like you're a visionary, again, read the book, um, the faster you can figure it out and find your integrator, the better off you're going to be. And one thing I want to touch on with that and the accountability chart, I'll just kind of wrap this up together, but usually there's a visionary integrator and then there's three core roles that um, EOS talks about and there could be more, but it basically chunks down into sales and marketing, operations and finance. Um, those are basically the five core roles at a, a basic stripped down accountability chart. Um, you've heard me mention this a lot, but David Osborne, who has become a mentor of mine and just one of my favorite people in the world, I just, every time I'm with him, I just learn so much. And he's one of those people that I put out there and I, I just want to chase him. Like I want to, I, I want to learn what, what he did and how he did it. And I want to be where he's at. Um, one of the things I was with him two weeks ago in Steamboat Springs, um, and he was talking about. A players, like hiring good people and getting out of their way. And the challenge is even with the visionary and integrator, especially with the visionary, um, we're so set in our ways and we think we have it all figured out and we want things done a certain way, but yet we're also looking for somebody to remove us from the day-to-day -day operations. And the reality is if we're going to find, identify and hire the right person, EOS even says that this is going to take a year. It's going to take a year to really figure it out. And again, in rocket fuel, there's the whole methodology around how to find your person. What does it look like? How do you go through the process? There's even recruiting sites that are specifically for integrators. Um, but one of the things that David Osborne said, you know, hire good people, get out of their way. And what we tend to do is we tend to try to put a thumb on people who are, you know, super motivated, they're leaders and everything else. And that's the exact opposite of what we want to do. We want to find the right person who has that skill set to lead and take the organization to places we couldn't and then stay out of their way. And, you know, we're there to guide and mentor them. I kind of had an epiphany around this a few months ago because I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, which by the way, um, this is a side note. If you are interested in one-on-one -on -one mentoring with me, I only take five clients and I have room for one more right now. Um, so just reach out to me, you know, send me a DM on Instagram at Ayala, or you can send me an email at mike at michaelayala.com. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-Y-A-L-A.com, Mike at MichaelAyala.com. Um, when we hire good people, this was, my, this was my, uh, my epiphany. So I spend this time, and I only take five entrepreneurs at a time because it's more of like a uh, thing that I enjoy and I'm passionate about. But I realized that if I would put the same amount of time and energy into mentoring and coaching my internal core team members, it would bring me so much more return. Um, but what we tend to do is, is uh, a lot of times as visionaries, we're not micromanagers. And, and so we come in and, and, and we you know, push on people or, or we try to get them to do it our way. And we're only involved in their life when there's problems or challenges or whatever. Um, we do not want to be um, leaders only when there's problems. Like Mike only shows up when there's a problem. No, we, need, we want to shift that. We want to shift to being coaches and mentors um, but like, as David was saying, what we tend to do a lot of times is get into like pissing matches or ego wars or whatever, 
Um, and what we really need to do is identify the person, uh, go through the process, make sure you get the right person. And then when I say stay out of their way, I mean, don't micromanage them, but make sure, and this is what EOS is so great at, um, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like they have their rocks, they have their performance measurements, they have their scorecard. That's one of the things that we're reviewing in, in the weekly L10 meetings. We have a scorecard with certain things for everybody. What are they held accountable to? What do they need to do every week in order to hit their 90 day goal? So rather than like trying to tell them how to do their job, um, we just need to create the formula and EOS does that. It helps us create the process and the, the working outline so we can get to, you know, what does that look like? I've already talked about a lot of this, but the basis of EOS is the quarterly meetings, the L10s, there's obviously annual meetings. Um, a couple things that um, are kind of side things, like if you have a business partner. So for instance, I have multiple business partners. Um, we may have certain roles within the organization. I might be a partner and I might be running finance or I might be a partner and I might be running operations. Um, and so even though we have like an accountability chart and I could be a business partner, I could be down here, my partner could be the visionary and I could be the operations guy. There's another meeting called the same page meeting. No matter what, it's kind of like a board meeting. Um, if you're a partners and you're in different um, positions in the business, or you know maybe one partner's not even involved in the business anymore, you need to have a same page meeting, um, which I'm not gonna go too into that right now, but that solves um, not bringing partner issues, owner issues into the L10 meeting. We never wanna do that. And you see that in a lot of organizations where Partners tend to unwind, unline, uh, unalign in the leadership meetings, and we never want to have that happen. So, you know, if I have a vision, if I'm a visionary and I have an integrator as a partner, and we start having partner battles in an L10 meeting, it disrupts the entire organization. We don't want to do that. So, same page meetings are important. Um, you'll get to the point where you understand, okay, this isn't an L10 meeting issue. This is a same page meeting issue, and you just move it. Traction tools move it to a different meeting. Okay, so now what? Um, like I talked about, you can self-implement or you can use an implementer. Um, if you wanna talk more about either one of those, like I said, shoot me a DM on you know Instagram and we can chit chat about it. Um, or if you want more information on working with uh, an EOS implementer or coach, I mean, obviously you could go out and just try to find one, but I highly, highly, highly recommend Jessica. She is a game changer. Um, you know, whether she can take more clients or not, I, I don't know the answer to that, but she's got some unique options. Um, she'll jump on a call with you and, you know, help you kind of dig through it and see if it's a fit or not. But there's a couple different options for her and with her. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in, um, if you're going to self-implement, go to Basecamp. So just go to, um, just search EOS Basecamp and, and you'll find it. If you're going to self-implement, uh, you could try to do it just out of the book, but I would highly recommend getting Basecamp. But even more so, like I said, I recommend an implementer. Just shortcut it. If you're serious about business, just invest, um, you know, the money in an implementer. Uh, I spent probably for every meeting, every eight-hour meeting, I've spent four hours getting ready for it. Um, that time would have been better suited doing something else. Um, and again, we would have been more productive. So if you're interested in talking about um, EOS or a coach or whatever, I'm here for you. Um, text the word traction to 480-531-7519. Text the word traction to 480-531-7519. We can open up a dialogue via text and see what the next best steps are. And if you want me to just refer you over to um, Jessica, happy to do it. Like I said, I've referred her to a few of my buddies and friends and people I know in business and, 
and she's killing it. And I just want to pay that back. You know, she was referred to me by, by Kenny and I'm just so grateful. It's taken our business to a whole other level. So, um, again, I hope that was valuable. I know it's a little different than our normal, uh, Thursday episodes, but I really wanted to just take a time, some time and, and talk about traction as a whole, because I get questions. What is it? You know, what part? I don't understand this. I don't understand that. So hopefully I did a pretty good job of just kind of outlining it, why you should use it. Why does it matter? Um, obviously I didn't get into the weeds on what is it. That's not something I'm going to be able to help you with. Um, if you, you know, don't want to go with an implementer and start working toward it again, get rocket fuel, get, get a grip, get traction. Um, plenty of videos out there on YouTube. Um, but I would recommend the implementer. So again, send the word traction to 480-531-7519 if you're interested and hope that helps. Cheers. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you'd take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.